the instrument in her hand, and all of the women follow her with uh, instruments and with dances. So Chida asks in the Sefer Nachal Kedumim and Chumash, and it's paraphrased here by the Yelvi, by the Mayim Loyes, that why is it that Miriam and the women are the only ones who are taking instruments? The men did not use any instruments. Why are the women using instruments? So the Chida explains, it's quoted here, Hatam Hu Beisha Erva, it's because if they would sing, the men just sang, the women are singing, she also sang, but they used instruments as well. Why did they use instruments as well? Because there's a problem for a woman to sing in front of a man. Therefore they took the instruments in order to drown out their voices so their voices would not be heard and all you would hear was the instruments. So that's why the woman took instruments and the men did not. So I uh, thought this is a, perhaps an opportunity uh, to discuss uh, the topic, the larger topic of Kol Isha Erva, which really begins in the Gemara Mesechtas Brachas. The Gemara tells in Mesechtas Brachas in Afchav Da'ud, over here, Oiz Beis, that a tefach Isha Erva, a tefach of a woman's body, a part of the body that's normally covered up, the Rishonim explain, is an Erva. So the Gemara says, Lamai, with regards to what? For what halachas? If you're talking about to uh, gaze at it, so the Gemara says that uh, if a person who looks, even at uh, gazes, with intent to look at a woman's, uh, even part of the body that's normally uncovered, like her fingers, normally uncovered, but he has intention to gaze, that's as if he's looking at the most private parts of her body. So uh, certainly a tefach bi'isha would be a problem. So what is what does the Rav Yitzchak mean to say, mean to add by tefach bi'isha erva that a tefach of a woman's body that's normally uh, covered and here it's uncovered that's an erva constitutes an erva any part of the woman's body one is not allowed to gaze ella bi'ishtoi is talking about your wife that you're allowed to look well the kriyashma and with regards to kriyashma so if you're in the room and your wife is uh, part of a tefach of her body that's normally covered is uncovered. It's an erva, not with regards to the issue of histaklus, that's mutter, but with regards to kriyashma, one is not allowed to read kriyashma in the presence of a uh, part of a woman's body, a tefach of a woman's body is normally covered, and here is uncovered. What is that based on? It's based on the Pasuk and Parashas Kiseitse, lo yire becha, the Gemara says later on, lo yire becha ervas davar. You're not supposed to have uh, or be seen an erva uh, at the time of you doing dvam shabiktusha, taira, tfila, kriyashma. Rav Chizda adds, Shaykh Isha Erva. That the thigh of a woman is an Erva. So he's trying to ask, what is he adding? Tefach Isha is an Erva. So certainly Shaykh of an Isha is an Erva. The Shaykh is usually a part of the body that's covered up. So the Chayadam quotes in the name of the Taisus Harosh and the Shittim Bukubetz as they all ask this question. He says, no, we're talking about even in a place, a locale where it becomes the norm uh, to have the Shaykh revealed that the women are walking around in, in, in that kind of dress. Nonetheless, that is uh, objectively an erva. Certain parts of the body, maybe the minig is to cover them up in certain communities, the minig is to uncover them in other communities, so it depends on the minig, shaykh, or certain other parts of the body perhaps as well, the Chayelim says, are objectively erva, whether the minig is to cover them up or not to cover them up. Even if that becomes the minig, that the shaykh is something that's uncovered, that uh, is it objectively considered to be an erva, Probably with regards to Kriyashma and with regards to Histaklos. Why, then, why can't Serechis just means less than a Tefach? It could be. Some Rishayim suggest like that too. Raj would suggest like that too. So Machlegis Rishayim, the Rishayim always asks Kasha, what is he coming to add? 
Amar Shmuel, so Shmuel in this context states, Kol Isha Erva. That the call of a woman is an erva too, Shinamar, as the Pasik says in Shira Shirim, Kikalech Orev, your voice is sweet, Umarech Nove, and your appearance is pleasant. So there are a few two points that we wanted I want to discuss the, this morning that are unclear in the Gemara. The first is what type of call? Any call? A call Dibor too? And with regards to what is this relevant? Is this only relevant with regards to Kriyashma, Histaklus, maybe Histaklus and not Kriyashma? And both of these issues are discussed by the Rishonim. What type of kog are we talking about? Are we even talking about a woman's uh, regular speaking voice? So there is an indication that yes, even a regular woman's speaking voice would be included under the, uh, the statement of the Gemara, Kol Be'i Where does that come from? The Gemara Mesechlis Kiddushin. We don't, we don't pass it like that. But uh, the Gemara says Mesechlis Kiddushin, that one of the Amoraim wanted to send Shalom to the wife of Rabbi to the wife of, uh, of Rabbi Nachman, whose name was Yalsa. So he says, Yalsa. Send her Shalom to Yalsa, to the wife of Rabbi Nachman. You can't say, uh, send Shalom to Yalsa, because there's a problem when she's going to respond that it'll be Kobi Isha So send it to a Shliach that you won't hear. And the Gemara gets involved, he can't do that either. But the Gemara's uh, initial reaction when he was, wanted to send Shalom to Yalsa, the wife of Rav Nachman, it was going to be a problem of Kol Be'i even though all she is uh, doing is, um, even though all she's doing is speaking. So the Rashba writes on Brachis, and Avchav Dawid, he says, V'asel l'shmel afiu kol dibura. Sounded from the Gemara in Kiddushin, over here I say, the one is not even allowed to hear her a woman's speech. As the Gemara says in Kiddushin, we're worried about She'el Shalom. So the Rajba continues, the shalom. It could be specifically uh, when one is giving shalom, that that would be a problem. returning shalom, In the times of the Gemara, the, the she'ela shalom in the times of the Gemara was, a, was a, uh, an intimate uh, exchange, an intimate uh, discussion. When you ask someone, how are you? And I heard this, you know, in our... In our um, I mean, the climate, you ask someone, how are you? It, it doesn't mean anything. It's kind of, uh, I don't really want to know how you are. I just want to say hi. But in the times of the Gemara, they really meant it. It was a Sheila Shalom was something of significance. You see it with regards to Hilchas Avelos, with regards to Hilchas Ben Amitzarim. Sheila Shalom was, was, was something of significance. So over here, when he sends Shalom to Rav Nachman's wife, that would be uh, the call itself would create some sort of uh, intimacy. It would be a problem of uh, Kiruv Das. So that's why he was concerned with uh, simply kol dibura. But in general, it sounds like from the Rashba that um, why we are not concerned with kol dibura, we would only be concerned with a woman's singing voice. And this is quoted by the Ramah in Hilchus uh, Kriyashma. If you look down at Oisitalin, the Ramah writes Simenai in Hey Siv Gimel, all the way to the end of a kol harogil boy eno erva. Regular speaking voice is not considered to be a kol biyisherva. Kol biyisherva is, is a singing voice. Okay, so that's the conclusion of Rav HaRishonim. What, but with regards to what is this relevant, Kol Be'isha Erva. The Gemara says it in the context of two halachas, of Histaklus, and with regards to uh, Erva, with regards to Kriyashma, of Lo Yireh Becha Erva, Erva's Dabi, not to say Kriyashma, or learn Torah in the, in the presence of an Erva. So what is the halacha, what is the statement of Kol Be'isha Erva relevant to? So that's Machlekes HaRishonim. Look over here, Ois Vav. Histaklus means Shmiya, no? Histakos here would mean Shmir, yes, yes, yes. Correct. The Rishonim the, are going to address that, though. The Rosh writes in Brochus, over there, that when the Gemara said, Kol Be'isha Erva Perush, 
Tahir, it's also Tahir, but not, it's not, it doesn't constitute an erva when it comes to Kriyashma. And Kasef Mishnah claims that that's the opinion of the Rambam too, because the Rambam throughout all of Hilchus Kriyashma never quotes this halach of Kol Isha erva. He only quotes it in Hilchus Yisurei Bia. But he never quotes it in Hilchus Kriyashma. So the Kasef Mishnah says, V'sayver Rabbeinu, Shaloi le'inyin Kriyashma ne'emar. This was never said with regards to Kriyashma. Ela le'inyin sha'asa le'hanos b'kayla. You're not allowed to sit with intent to listen and to enjoy. And that's why the Ramam understands this is not an erva with regards to Kriyashma, and that's why he never mentioned it uh, in Hilchish Kriyashma. And the bottom of the Rosh in Mesechtis Brachas is a commentary called the Madana Yomtev. So Madana Yomtev writes that this is, the Rosh was forced into this. He really held it was an erva for Kriyashma. The problem is, wherever you go, there's a woman singing somewhere. So we'll never be able to learn, we'll never be able to, to daven, never be able to say Kriyashma. Wherever you go, there's a potential to find a woman singing. So the Rosh was forced to say it, because otherwise we'll never be able to lay in Kriyashma. And this concern is already raised by the Mishnah Bura. The Mishnah Bura says, And who will look over here, And who says, he can't protest. He's on the subway. It's never called an Ever Deiraisa, the sources from Shira Shirim. You're allowed to make brachas in the presence of Kohisha. If you're not going to say this, so basically, we have no choice but to violate this halach of Kobi Yishayeva, otherwise we'll never be able to lay in Kriyashma or learn Torah. So that's what the Mishnah Brewer says, if you're in a place where there's Kobi Yishayeva, there's nothing to do with you, you can't protest, you can't do anything about it, you're allowed to learn and learn Kriyashma as well, because otherwise we'll never be able to learn Torah, we'll never be able to say Kriyashma. So Madana Yomtev claimed that that was the Pshat in the Rosh. Really, he held it should apply to Kriyashma. Just we live in, uh, we're, we're in Golis, we're never going to be able to control our environment to the degree that we can make sure to guarantee that we won't have uh, Kohisha around, and therefore we have no choice but to for, you know, forgo on the halacha of Kohisha erva, at least with regards to Kriyashma. However, that's not, it doesn't sound like that's the Pshat in the Rosh. There's a lot missing. If that would be the Pshat in the Rosh, he should have said that. The Rosh, uh, that's a big Kiddush. Yeah. The whole concept is to avoid temptation. Oh, we'll get to it. So we'll get I, to it. I'd say the man should control himself. More. Okay, we'll get to it. Okay. <laughs> we'll get to it. Well, first of all, we're only discussing the man. No one's discussing the woman. Right, but I'm saying it's it's the you shouldn't hear the the voice, but then it became restriction more on the women. Right. We're discussing the man right. uh, from the side of the man. I haven't discussed the side of the man on purpose. Yeah, <laughs> discussing it. If that would be the Pshat in the Rosh, or the Rosh should have said it, the Rambam never mentioned it in Hilchus Kriyashma. So I, 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 uh, I find it hard to believe that that in fact is the Pshat in the, in the Rosh and in the Rambam. And I believe what the Rosh and the Rambam understand is, no, that this is Halacha only with regards to the Isra of listening to it, with intent to enjoy, but not with regards to Kriyashma. Why would it not be with regards to Kriyashma? So I believe the Pshat is the following. Address uh, Dr. Goldman's issue a little bit. That the Ramam understands that Kol Isha Erva is not that it itself, Kol, is provocative. Let's say a Shaikh or a Tefach Isha Erva. One is not allowed to relay in Kriyashma in the presence of a Shaikh Isha Erva or Tefach, which is normally covered of a woman's body, because that itself is something that's provocative, and you should not read Kriyashma in the presence of something that's provocative. The Ramam understands, and so does the Rosh, that Kol Isha Erva is not an Erva. It's not something that itself inherently is provocative. It is something that could be seductive. It could lead to something more serious. But it itself 
is not an objective erva. It doesn't constitute erva. It could lead to something more. If you look in the Rambam, Rambam writes in Hilchasi Surya when he quotes this halacha, it's not my diak, it's the diak of the Drisha, but the Rambam writes, a person who, who gazes with the to joy at the finger of a woman, in his cabin, it's as if he is looking at the most private areas. Even to hear the voice of the erva. So the Drisha says, why over here is it not Isha? It's not a woman. It doesn't say a woman. He says specifically an erva, a woman you're not allowed to have relations with. And her erva. The erva. What do you mean? This woman. Meaning if you hear her voice, that might lead to uh, something more serious later on down the road. But it itself is not something that is provocative. And therefore the Rambam and the Rush feel that Kobi Isha is not a problem when it comes to Kriyashma Vlayira Bechal Ervas Dovar. It's a problem in listening to it uh, with intent uh, to listen, because that itself might lead to something more serious, which we could be concerned with, uh, with our rayas that will lead to, uh, to relations. So that's why the Rambam and the Rush, that's how the Rambam and the Rush understood the uh, statement of the Gemara, Kobi Isha Erva, not that it itself is Erva, it itself is provocative with regards to Kriyashma, but it could be seductive with regards to. Um, with regards to leading to something more serious. The Haggais Maimonides on the bottom of the Rambam over here, Oisirah, of quotes from the Bahag and from Rabbeinu Hanano, who disagree. And they understand when the Gemara said, Kobi Isha Erva, it means with regards to Kriyashma, and with regards to the Easter of listening with intent uh, to listen and to enjoy. <clears throat> what about, so what is it based on with regards to Kriyashma? This is Ali's point. What is it based on? The Easter of reading Kriyashma in the presence of Erva is based on Lo Yir Ebecha Ervas Dava. So Benu Hanano says, even though there's nothing visible here, nonetheless, it uh, is something that cre- could create um, inappropriate machshavas. Uh, so therefore, it's uh, included in but it's a stretch a little bit. So the Bahagel Rabbeinu Hanano understand when the Gemara said Lo Yira Bechal Ervas. Uh, I'm sorry, Kol Beisha Erva. That was Bain with regards to the Isser of listening to it with intent to enjoy, and it's considered an Erva with regards to Kriyashman. I believe that they understood that Kol Beisha Erva is coming to tell us that Kol is itself something that is uh, provocative. It's not just could be seductive, could lead to something more serious, but the Kol is itself inherently provocative. And I believe that, in fact, these are, this is a machlekas between the Babli and the Yushalmi. Where does the Babli quote the source for Kol Be'isha Erva from? Pasuk in Shira Hashirim, Ki kolech arev umarech nava. Your voice is sweet, your, your appearance is, uh, is pleasant. So it compares a woman's voice to her appearance. If you look at Rashi and Baruchis, I see Bezo here, Rashi says, Kolech arev, your voice is pleasant or sweet. Shema minotai that itself could create the desire. Uh, the voice is something that leads to a desire. It itself is provocative. But Yushalmi in Chala has a different source for Kobi Isha Look over here, Oisid Gimel, the Yushalmi quotes, a Posik in Yirmiya. Vahaya Mikol Zenusa. It'll be because, I don't think it means the voice, that's Pashatash, but the Gemara is obviously understanding it to mean voice. It will be because of the voice of Znus, the land will become defiled, but it's because it might lead to something, it will lead to the defilement of the land, not because it itself is something that is provocative. How do we paskin in the Shulchan Aruch? This is going to be important. How do we paskin in the Shulchan Aruch when it comes to Kol, Be'isha, Erba, with regards to Kriyashma? So Shulchan Aruch says, very strange language, but Yesh Li Zohar, 
we should be careful. There are those who are careful. Perhaps the Indian to be careful. So it sounds like we passing like the Ramam and the Rosh. That uh, is not a problem when it comes to Kriyashma. It's a problem only if you have intent to sit and listen and enjoy. But it's not It's something that's uh, seductive could lead to something more serious. But as a Yesh Lizoer, we should be Chayshish for the opinion of the Bahag and Rabbeinu Hananel it's recommended because of that opinion that it itself is something that is provocative and would be a problem with regards to Kriyashma. This issue, Machlech as we shine him, I believe is at the heart of many issues that come up, Lumaisa, with regards to Kol Erva. The first is, is quoted by the Be'er Hetev over here, Oistez what about a woman who one is allowed to marry? She's a Kol Pinuya, she's not a Nida, not a Nochris, not an Eishishish. A Kol Pinuya, a woman you're allowed to marry. You're not allowed to marry enough, Chris. I understand. Uh, yeah, so it means a kol of a woman who's uh, available to you, meaning an eligible woman. About kol penuya, a kol ishtai mutter. So says the Mishnah Bura. I'm sorry. Says the Bar Hayte, quoting from the Beis Shmuel on Eben Ezer, a kol penuya, the kol of your wife is mutter, but you can't lay in kriyashma at the time that your wife is singing. You can listen to your wife singing, but it itself is, a, is an erva, so you shouldn't. It's a problem of a year before erva stuff. You can't lay in kriyashma if your wife is not dressed properly or if She's singing. So the Be- Beishmuel's opinion is, Kol Penuya is mutter to listen to. You can't say Kriyashma at the time that she's singing, but it's mutter to listen to with intent to enjoy. Aval Besefer Beersheba, the Beersheba, who's at the end of the period of the Rishonim, writes, Bein Besula, Bein Almana Aser. Veloshari ala Kol Ishto Shaloi Bishas It's only mutter your wife. Kol Penuya is Aser. The Mishnabura is Mako. The Mishnabura is Mako. I don't have it here, but the Mishnabura calls the Beishu is Mako that Kol Penuya is allowed. That's why Ramayisha has a famous truva that a man is allowed to go to his wife's, I'm sorry, to his daughter's uh, school play, where there a lot of the young girls are going to be singing. Ramayisha says if they're less than 11, you don't presume any one of them is in either necessarily. So then, Meikra Adin, Ramayisha feels his mother for the father to, fathers to be invited to uh, school plays where the, where the girls are going to be singing. Ramayusha says that Hamachmer uh, Bazer Chacham. Ramayusha has some language. He is very careful about how he view uh, phrases his uh, sometimes these Hamachmer Tavol of Brachas. But he basically has something like this: that Kadosh Yomerlo. I think he said, person who's Machmer on this, and the fathers don't go when there are other little girls singing Kadosh Yomerlo. But Ramayusha says Meikra Adin. It's Mutter because we pass like the Beis Shmuel that Kol Penuya is allowed. Why is Kol Penuya allowed? So I believe that this is, this is really the machlek between the Rambam and the Rosh and the and the other Rishayim. If Kol Beisha Erva is something that is seductive, it's not itself provocative. It's something that's seductive could lead to a relationship. Yeah, but this woman you're allowed to have a relationship with, Kol Penuya, you're allowed to marry her. It's not an Erva. Why is the Marshal limited to under eleven years old? Then he presumes she's a Nida. Because you have to be chayshish. Still a Penuya, but she might be a Nida. So be an Erva because of that. So he's mocking her on on the sheet of the He's so make like she's he meant, he meant even older, I'm sure, right? If she wouldn't be an either, uh-huh. but we would assume she is an either. So the so right, but if she wouldn't, if you would know she's not an Arab, then yes. So um, so the the Beishmuel is understanding like uh, the Rambam that um, that Kolish is a problem because it could lead to something more serious. But this woman, you're allowed to have a relationship. The Be'er Sheva understood no Kolish is itself something that is provocative. It could lead to other negative things and inappropriate things. 
So therefore, the Be'er Sheva said, even Kol Penuya is uh, something that we should be careful about. The contemporary poets can have a machlekes. What about uh, Kol uh, of a sister? It's called the sister, uh, something that's allowed. There's a Chuvas uh, Divrei Chachamim. He was ahead of his time. He was a uh, Talmud of Rabbi Yaakov Ginsburg, I think Rabbi Ginsburg, who followed him around and asked him Shilas. This is uh, 25 years ago. Nowadays, this is common practice by the G'day They always have someone following him around, writing things down on a notepad. But he did this uh, before his time. So he has a true, he has a different things that he asked of Yaakov, different things that he asked of Moshe. So he asked him both about, uh, what about the Kolach is the voice of your sister considered to be a problem of kol be'isha erva? The problem will be singing zmiras together at the Shabbos table, things like that. So he quotes there from Rabbi Yaakov, that Rabbi Yaakov thought it was a problem of kol be'isha erva. They quote the same thing from the Chazanish. That once she's, uh, she has to be not five or six, you know, she's six or seven, probably around 11, I think the place can say. Once she's 11, that's a problem of kol be'isha erva, even with regards uh, to a sister. And then Ramosha, they quote the same thing from the Briskirov, from Shlomo Zalman, their opinion was that uh, the Mermoshe is in the Tshuva's Divrei Chachamim, the other ones are Mepi Shmua, that, um, that no, Kol Be'i does not apply to a sister. What's the issue? The issue is, I believe, this. If it's seductive, Kol Be'i it's seductive, we're not worried a relationship is going to develop between a brother and a sister. So then Kol Be'i should not apply even to an adult sister. Not something that uh, we have to be concerned about. But if it's a problem because it itself is provocative, just like a brother is not allowed to look at his sister's shaykh, he's not allowed to look at parts of her body that are normally covered, and now they're uncovered, so, so too, if it itself is provocative, call Bisha so he would not be allowed uh, to listen to her call, uh, to listen to her call either. Rav, um, Rav Sternbach has the same thing in his Chuvis, and he makes the argument, he says, if hugging your sister or kissing your sister, the Shulchan Aruch says, Me'ikar den is mutter, just as Meguna hadavar, it's a different tipshim, whatever the Shulchan Aruch says about that. So he says, but Me'ikar den it's a lot. How could it be called Be'ishev applies to a sister? But that's exactly the point. It, he's understanding that it's because it's going to lead to something more serious. It's seductive. So then, uh, by sister, we're not necessarily concerned with it. But if called uh, is Something that's provocative, like a shayk b'yishevah, tefah b'yishevah, and maybe even by a sister. This is also, I believe, the heart of the issue with regards to listening to uh, Kohisha on the radio. Or not, now, we're not talking about on the radio anymore, they're talking about on recordings, where you're not seeing the woman who's singing and you don't recognize her. So there's a tshuva, old tshuva from the Maram Shik, Rabbi has the same thing. And the Abiyah uh, Aimer, they quote the same thing from Abel Yashiv. I've heard the same thing from Rabbi Feinstein that they held. If you don't know the woman and you don't, rec- you don't recognize her and there's no picture of the woman, then it is allowed. What is that based on? It's based on this Gemara and Masechta Sanhedrin. Turn the page. Excuse me. The Gemara says, quotes the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, that when they did skila, this everyone agrees to. When they did skila on a man, they administered the uh, Oynesh Misa's basin of skila, so the person was unclothed, because the Pasuk says, Urgamu Oisai, Oisai Beloi Ksusai. Him without his clothing. So a man, when he was stoned, was stoned uh, without his clothing on. So Yehuda's opinion is that both a man and a woman, when they're stoned, they're not wearing clothing. And the Chachamim disagree, and they say, No, Oisai Beloi Ksusai, but Oisai Beksusai. A man was unclothed, a woman was clothed. So the Gemara asks on Rabbi Yehuda that a woman was unclothed, just like the man was, when she received, when, uh, she received skila, that this is improper, it's going to lead to inappropriate thoughts on behalf of those who are present. So the Gemara says, what inappropriate thoughts? A woman's being put to death. After the Tol Misa, she's going to be dead. So what, what, what are we worried about? So the Gemara says, no, but maybe this will inspire him to have inappropriate thoughts about a, a different woman. 
different woman. The Gemara says, "Ain Yitzhahara Shailet El Bemisha Ain Avros," an often quoted a statement from the Gemara. Yitzhahara can only apply, can only be relevant to something that you've seen. How can the Yitzhah, how can we have seen one woman apply, have inappropriate thoughts about another woman? Ain Yitzhahara Shailet El Bemisha Ain Avros. So therefore, these pies can say, if you can't see the woman, and you don't recognize who the woman is, if you know who the woman is, they say, so then you know who she is. But if you don't recognize the voice, and you don't know what she looks like, so then the, uh, these pies can say that there's no problem of, uh, of, uh, of kol be'isha erva. Others, um, if you do know who the woman is, I'm sorry, if you do know who the woman is, then it's a problem, even though you can't see her right now. That's an issue that Tysus raises over here, Oisid Zion, from the Gemara Mesechus Megillah. The Gemara says, there was a very attractive woman in the time, I think before the Gemara, a little bit before the Gemara, named Rachav. Uh, and whenever the Gemara says if one would even say her name, Miyad Nikri would be Mighty Zera. So you see, even though she's not there, you can have uh, inappropriate thoughts simply by saying a woman's name. So Titus says, Hasam be Makira. That's if you know who the woman is, you recognize her. So the Pisces say, so too here, if you know who the woman is, then the Yetzirah can be Shailet, but if you never saw the woman, you don't recognize who she is, and the Yetzirah Shailet of Amisha in Avrod. <coughs> Rabbi Vadia, in a later tshuva, in the Abiyah Emrah, in a much later tshuva, in the Chelot Tess of the Chelot Yud, was Chayzer on this, and he said, more Mekel. He wanted to say, even if you know who the woman is, but you've never been in her presence, you've never seen a person uh, live, you've never met them, then he claims that uh, also there's no problem. What the Taisus means over here is Hasim Yadu Amakira, you've met her before. If you just know who she is, you've seen a picture, so then he doesn't think that that's uh, included in this. And other Paiskim uh, disagree. But what, what is this based on? Why, what is this based on? We'll get to the Paiskim in a second. But what is this based on? Why should we be Mako just because uh, you, you recognize the picture? But you don't, uh, you haven't been with her, in, in, you know, together. You never met her. So I believe that that's because they're concerned with, or they understood Kolisha is a concern that it might lead to something more serious. If you don't know who the woman is, how are you going to stop and find or have a lead to something more serious with a woman you don't even know who she is? So they understood though that Kolisha ever is not something that's more itself is provocative. It could lead to something more serious. It's seductive. Based on this line of thinking, along this uh, same genre of Poiskim, so there's a safer called Hatsnea Leches by. Um, of Getzel Ellenson, who was translated into English from the modest way. So he suggests that if you're going with this line of thinking, so then it could, one could suggest as far as two, that it could be if, let's say, you're at a, a show and there's a woman who's on stage at an opera, so uh, you can't never get to this woman, or you go behind stage, or, you know, it's creepy, you'll arrest you or something like that. So, so he says, how are you ever going to, it's not going to lead to something more serious, you have no relationship with this woman. When you're in the time, when the place can say, it has to be someone you know, recognize, where body says you have to have been in the same room, it means in the same room where you can develop a relationship. But if it's so far-fetched, it's not going to lead to something more serious, because you have no shaykhs to this woman. So then, um, the, one could make an argument that that should be mutter as well, along this line of thinking. Others disagree, and they, uh, there's a chuvah in the Chalkas Yaakov from Yaakov Breish, and the Shevet Alevi, and the Ber Moshe, the Debit Sinarav, all uh, disagree. And they say that, no, what the Gemara says, Eina Yetzahara Shevet, the Misha Eina Vros, that's talking about, Imamish, no shaykhs to this woman. You, you saw a woman being stoned. Now you have, uh, it's going to encourage you to have inappropriate thoughts about another woman. Your mom is a no shy, it's an imaginary woman. But you're not talking about an imaginary woman. You're talking about a woman that you heard on the radio. 
So you have some, you have heard something from this woman. So then perhaps the Yetzirah can be Shalit. The Gemara is talking about a woman that's imaginary. So that perhaps uh, any Yetzirah is Shalit. So they understand that even if you can't see the woman, you don't recognize there's no possibility of a further relationship. Nonetheless, Kalbi Isha ever could be a problem because it itself is uh, something that's, uh, that's provocative. In the newer Svarim, this is, it used to be a Das Yachid, but uh, Tzitz Eliezer had this Svar, but it's uh, gained a little bit of momentum. The Tzitz Eliezer suggested, at that time it was a Das Yachid, that uh, perhaps it uh, shouldn't apply to any uh, electrically modified sound. Because that is not the call Isha. That is, uh, if you speak into a microphone, into a recording, you're hearing a, a recorder play music. You're not hearing a woman's actual voice. The microphone also takes the voice and uh, it's, uh, it projects a voice that's not, it doesn't project like a megaphone, it, it changes the voice and projects a different uh, electronic voice. So just like the Paiskim say, you can't hear a shofar over the radio, you can't hear McGill over the radio or through a microphone because you're not hearing the call of the McGill, you're not hearing the call of the shofar. Perhaps the same should be true with regards to Koisha as well. So Tzitzel Yezah suggested that, and then now uh, Rabbi Vadya and the later Truvis quotes the same thing from Rabbi Yashiv in a sefer called the Yashiv Moshe. <coughs> Rabbi Yashiv said the same thing, quote the same, I don't know how the Briskerov, he quoted, he quotes there from the Briskerov like this, I don't know, maybe the Briskerov, uh, I didn't know the technology was so advanced in the time of the Briskerov, but he quotes the same thing um, from the Briskerov. Others disagree, Nisa Karelis disagrees, and other, others just by tacit uh, tacitly disagree, and I believe that their argument is if you see a computer-generated air voice, see a computer-generated image of a woman, even though that's not a real woman, that would be, uh, I think everyone would agree, that that would be uh, an erva. It's inappropriate to look at, it would probably be an erva for Kriyashma. So, so it's over here, just because it's a uh, generated, uh, you know, artificial voice of a woman, so then uh, perhaps Kobe Isha erva should apply. So I guess like, see, I don't know, but would they ask a Siri? Let's say Siri sings. Does Siri sing? Can yes, you ask him? You can ask So how could that be? Yeah, I don't know. How could that be called? It's mama's nobody. That's uh, hard to believe. Huh? Well, there's no person. It is, it's not a person, right? Well, is Siri a person? No, I'm saying is Siri a person that they yeah. ask to say? Yes. Oh, you mean the original recording? Oh, it is? Yeah. There is an author? Yeah, yeah. Why don't you just ask Siri? Two other issues that are related to this. Um, one is with regards to songs that are themselves uh, songs of uh, Kedusha, or not uh, seductive type music. So the Pharisee Yisrael and the Mishnahites and Masechus Moed Cotton raises the issue that in the time, in the name of his father, in the times of the Gemara, they used to have Mekainanois. Women used to wail at the times of funerals. And that was a kind of like a singing voice. So the Pharisee Yisrael asks, how are they allowed to wail at the funerals? Kol Erva. So he quotes there from his father, the Bishasha, Meis Mutu Lufonov, Ein What? Such a time of funeral? You're going to be afraid that the woman's voice is going, Kol Erva? Nah, it's a time of a funeral, it's not going to lead to hear her. And the Tiferes Yisrael is not happy with that terrorist. Tiferes Yisrael says, Gemara Masechus Kiddushin talks about chumras of Yichud at a funeral. Well, what's going to happen at a funeral? Yet we're concerned with Yichud. So you see something could happen even at a funeral. So the Tiferes Yisrael is not uh, thrilled with his father's uh, terrorist. But there's other times that we find. We find in this week's Haftarah that uh, Vatashar Dvara uh, Dvara is singing. How is Dvara allowed to sing? So in the Stechemed, he quotes there from a tshuva from the Divrei Chayfetz. I'm not sure what the Divrei Chayfetz is, but he quotes from the Divrei Chayfetz that if it's kol of Shirei Kodesh, it's uh, Zmiris, it's uh, things that are coming closer to the Rebbeinu like the Dvorah singing, 
or perhaps the same would apply to a funeral, same, uh, same argument as the father of the Tiferes Israel. It itself is not something that uh, we would necessarily would think would engender here or so then Kol uh, Erva would not apply. And others uh, do not accept uh, this Kula. This Kula, though, that uh, if it's Shire Kaidesh, or if it's at a time that we're not concerned something that Hirurim will apply, Zmiris, or at a funeral, was really the basis for the head of the Sri Dayesh, which is often misunderstood. The Sri Dayesh says that when he came to visit Rabbi Hildesheimer of Shimshon Fall Hirsch in Germany, he saw that they had the practice of allowing young boys and girls to sing Zmiris, Shabbos Zmiris together. So he wanted to know what was that hetter based on. So he asked them, and that what he was uh, told was it was based on a also, also often misquoted hetter uh, of Trey Kali, of two voices. That's based on the Gemara Rosh Hashanah over here. The Gemara said to Mesechus Rosh Hashanah that in the base Hamikdash they used to blow Chatzaisus at the same time that they blew Tkiya Shaifer. So the Gemara asks, how did you ever hear Tkiya Shaifer? If you're blowing Chatzaisus at the same time, a whole band, an orchestra at the time of Tkiya Shaifer, how do you hear Tkiya Shaifer? Trey Kali, Mimish you can't hear two colors at the same time. The Gemara said, Zachar and Shamar are the two uh, words from the two Aseris Hadibras, one in Parshas Yisra, one in Parshas Veschan, and Bedibra Echanemru. We're said at the same moment, something we can hear, we can under speak. Nonetheless, uh, that's what it was the nace of Zachar Veshamar. But two Kailas, we can't hear at the same time. So the hetter that they uh, that he was told was that the hetter was based on trade calling mimishdamo. You can't hear, you can't distinguish a voice from another voice if you're hearing two voices at the same time, and that's why it was mutter. The Sri Deyesh himself was not happy with that hetter of Rav Hirsch because he says the Gemara continues, but we do in the base Hamikdash they blow chatzayzus together with kiyah shayfer. So the Gemara says, "Kevin the chov if you have died to v'shama, since you're paying attention, you can hear it." Because it's chavit to you, the shayfar. So you're going to pay attention to it so you can hear it. That's the hetter. If you go away Pesach time, and you don't have a, Even if you have a private room, but you have a big family, so if you're in the big room, everyone's making Kiddush at the same time. Well, Kiddush at the same time. So, how can I hear my... Uh, how can a wife hear her husband's Kiddush? How can I hear someone else's Kiddush? I'm being yotzi with them. Everyone's saying Kiddush at the same time. So Mr. Brewer says, no, I'm listening to the person who's leading my Seder. So since it's Chaviv to me, I can uh, distinguish it and pay attention to it. So Sri Dayesh said, so to Kalisha, something that's uh, Chaviv, meaning it's something that you're paying attention to. And therefore, uh, he was not happy with the head of Trey Kali, because since I'm paying attention to it, um, I can pick it out from the crowd. So the Sri Dayesh says, no, he thinks the head was based on something else. The head was based on this Kula. The head was based on the cool of the father of the Tiferes Yisrael and what the Stechemim quotes from the Debei Chefes that if it's Shirei uh, Kodesh, it's something that's uh, not going to engender negative Hirhurim or inappropriate Hirhurim because it's really meant to come close to the Rebbein the girls and boys were singing mirrors together then that should be something um, that perhaps would be allowed. Many disagreed with the Heter of the uh, Sri Dayesh. And this Chuvah's Debei Chachamim he quotes there from Abiyak of Kamenetsky that he, he did not like the head of the Sri Dayesh. He said, yes, if you have no choice, but to be, if this is the only way to be Makai of the children, then okay. But Rabbi Yaakov felt that uh, in and of itself, the merits of the argument, he was not happy uh, with the merits of the argument. Well, there was a story, a famous story, that when uh, Rav Rudiman came to the United States, I think Rav Rudiman came in the 30s, so he came to visit by uh, Rabbi Lozameyer Prel. We mentioned him this year the other night. Rabbi Lozameyer Prel was a... Uh, was the uh, Rabbi Rashi of Elizabeth, was the father-in-law of Pinchas Tites. So uh, Rabbi Lezim, he came to visit by Rabbi Lezim Eprel. He was uh, one of the big Rabbanim at that time. Everyone passed through his home. 
So Rabbi Ruderman came in the early 30s to visit by his house, and he was going to stay there for Shabbos. So, um, so uh, Prail pulled him out before the meal, and he said, I just want to let you know that my family, I sing Zmiras together with my children, the boys and the girls, even when there are guests there. Because it's, he has guests with him a lot of many Shabbos, and people were constantly traveling through, and he felt he was compromising on his children's chinuch not to sing Zmiras. He said there was no private school at that time, you know, a Jewish school. That was Rabbi Kaitz, his son-in-law introduced that. So he said uh, there was no school in the neighborhood at that time. He felt it was critical that he sings me with his children. He hopes that uh, Rabbi Ruderman, you know, will behave himself. You know, will, will not... Uh, Ruderman said, of course. He said, why? You know, why do you ask? So he said, I only ask because a few weeks ago he had someone else who was visiting, another of. They say it's a bear. He had someone else who was visiting, and when he saw the girls sitting at the table, so singing at the table, he bolted out of the room. And then the girls started crying, and it disrupted the whole shop. So he said, I just wanted to make sure that, uh, that, that, uh, that you were going to be okay with it. Either way, the many of the issues that we mentioned, there's, uh, there's uh, perhaps room to be made on some of the issues that we mentioned with regards to Kobe Sheva. But perhaps in our society, where we live in a society which is uh, predicated upon uh, decadence and uh, the, the norm, is uh, is pritzo, so it'd be, it's important to perhaps heed uh, what the Shulchan Aruch says of Yesh Lizayer that uh, many of these inyanim as well, if one can be nizar about them, it's uh, as much as Kadosh Yamaloi, it's a good thing too. Okay. So hearing the singing voice would that lead you like an appropriate voice about something? I have to think I'm sure.